Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast. Coming up on this episode, peak Zwift as numbers surge beyond anybody's expectations, except mine, we have a winner of our peak Zwift guessing game. Hint, it's me. Club Functionality has launched its MVP for now, but there's more to come. We talk to HQ about the thinking. And the fence is back. Kinda. It's been in the workshop to get patched up and it's still being tested, but we've got all the details. Well, really, there's only one place to start. G'day, Shane Miller. I suppose the case of champagne you sent to congratulate me on my glorious victory must have been held up, I don't know, some global crisis or something. Simon, so, you're going to have to speak up. I think there's a bit of a there's static on the line there. I, I can't quite no, hear not what you're enough, saying mate. there. Not I, good enough, I know you gave me loud and clear. Oh, geez, that was that was a response such as the, um, the WHO responding to Taiwan the other day. Uh, yeah, no, so let's move on <laughs> to the next question really quickly. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see you're upset. I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? I mean, who wouldn't be really being so comprehensively <laughs> trounced? By about, was it 10,000? You know, 12,000 I was off by. 12,000. When was 12,000 our peak? That was only like, uh, no words. I have no words. Unbelievable. Look, I, I'm completely beaten to a pulp with this one, Simon. Um, yeah. I, can, I can see. I can see you. <laughs> uh, Nathan Gary, yo, dude. Uh, so the thing is, I, I mean, I'll never beat either of you two on a bike, either real or virtual. So I'm just going to milk this, I'm afraid, and I intend to do so. I mean, I'll give you now an opportunity, Nathan, just to pay a short tribute to my foresight and wisdom. Oh, gosh. You mean my <laughs> excuses? The same thing that happens on the bike is going to happen here. You know that. I mean, like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I wanted to shoot higher. I had all intention of shooting higher. No. Um, you know, when you said higher than me, I kind of was almost like, Wait, I had a lot of double guessing because I I was expecting you not to go higher than me. I actually was not expecting you to to stay a little bit more conservative. But uh, yeah, good foresight. I think we're I don't know. I think it's gonna go with some of the stuff we have in the podcast here. It's very interesting that we even have these numbers too. So very nice, nice, well played, well played, Simon. Well, I did have to wait a long time for a little well done, but you know, I managed to <laughs> wrench one out wrench one out of you finally uh so thank you for that i mean we knew it would be big and um, i think i proved that right boys but peak Zwift is an absolute beast i mean we are seeing huge numbers now at the weekends looks like the weekends are the new tuesday sunday saw more than twenty-eight thousand concurrent riders hang on i sent you two a couple of private messages pointing this fact <laughs> out um and uh, and I'm not reopening the peak Zwift guessing game because uh, once you've won, you've won, am I right? <laughs> but I do think it's worth a few moments of our time wondering just how high it can go. Unofficially, obviously, that train has left the station and I was driving. <laughs> uh, Shane, there's bound to be lag as people get set up and I still think America is a bit behind the kind of global lockdown trend. So I think there maybe is more to come, although... Just a few hours ago, the traditional surge on a Tuesday didn't uh, wasn't as big as uh, as it was the previous week or indeed the weekend. So, when might be a better question than how big? What do you think? Have we have we seen? Have we actually seen peak peaks with? 
it's it, with the current state of the world, we cannot predict anything. Everything yeah. is flipped, turned upside down. Even in Australia, it's the right way up, which is upside down, which is the normal way, which is crazy time. <laughs> um, we don't know. We really don't know. But those numbers we saw climbing the other day, look like in the past with those peak numbers, I was a bit meh, whatever. And I was watching everyone's game. But when it hit 28,000, I'm like, hang on, hang on. I think I tweeted out at 26,000. And Matt Rowe has, you know, he did the um, the length of riders if you placed them end to end, you know, with 24,000, I think, the other day. And I've tweeted him with like, how far is 28,000 riders, you know, end to end? Um, and then I was screenshotting and I, I got sucked into the game. Um, as for the day, uh, again, who knows? Every day is a Sunday now, I think, isn't it? It feels like that here. Everything's yeah, shut yeah. down. There's no one. <laughs> it's just this weird yeah. place. Um, I, I can't answer other than no, I, well, I, I, I don't know. That's a safe. I don't know is pretty much the answer to everything mm. these days. Um, mm-hmm. Nathan, I mean, things often do happen slower than we think they're happening and people are going to have to make adjustments to ride inside. They've got to kind of find space, accommodate the family, all that sort of thing. Um, same question to you, really. D- do you think we've seen peak peak? And if we haven't, when might that come? Well, there's a couple of factors that come into mind. I mean, I think your ideas about where this goes, I think it plots along. Okay. I think it plots along the same trajectories of some of the exponential growth actually that we see with the virus. And so I would love to see stats right now about what countries are riding the most for Zwift and where the most growth for those countries are. And I'm wondering in this places where people are really starting to take things way more seriously because of the overload that is happening. I have a feeling that it was on a very specific place of trajectory. Okay. And I'm going to make a lot of assumptions here, but the trajectory on that exponential growth into lockdown and then trying to make that number, trying to make those new cases go down very quickly. I think that might relate very directly to what areas of the world we're also seeing way more people ride Zwift too. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's uh, it seem it would seem to make sense. And I think you're right that there's some places where that kind of, response of seriousness to just stay home is just not there yet and that that will really drive the numbers up i also think there's another factor though what at what point of the expectation that i am going to ride my bike outside was that fierce that the most ardent i will not zwifter is going to get on zwift and i think that's around june so, like, if we go out that <laughs> yeah, far, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think because there's the next. I think it has a lot to do with we're in March and April still here. I don't think. I think your part of the world actually probably has a bigger upflux because you guys get outside earlier. But I think Midwest and like different areas that are colder, like our expectation to be riding outside is more late May to June, yeah. like, and that it is like no, we are supposed to be religiously riding outside. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that will probably see an uptick if we're still in this state. So those, I don't know when, but those are the things I think about. Well, I think that they're they're really good points, actually. And just anecdotally, and if I am going to put an inquiry into Zwift uh, for next week's episode and just see if there are any interesting stats, they might feel like they could uh, divvy up to us about who's riding where. But anecdotally, there is absolutely no doubt whatsoever I am seeing way, way, way more Spanish flags in the game. And, Mm. you know, you'd expect that because it's illegal to ride a bike in Spain at the moment. Uh, one thing that may, of course, though, hold back ultimate peak peak swift is trainer availability. So let's get a view from the front line. Ian Whittingham is managing director of Sigma Sports. 
Um, they do a lot with Zwift, and they are one of the leading online retailers serving customers with bike stuff, including trainers, all over Europe. I mean, we've been around for 28 years now, uh, trading from, uh, from from southwest London, and we have a lovely store in Hampton Wick. But yes, uh, in the last few years, online's really grown for us and now makes up over 80% of our business. Yes, and indeed, that's what we're here to talk about. In these strange and terrible times, all kinds of things are changing and uh, lots and lots and lots of cyclists are retreating indoors and that's reflected in trainer sales that are off the scale, really. I mean, could you just quantify that in, in your experience a little bit? Every single day, things are moving and changing, but once once it was quite obvious we were heading towards uh, some kind of lockdown and, and, the, and the bars and restaurants were shut on that Friday evening, where we've seen a massive surge in trader sales um, at a time of year where, of course, you'd expect them to start to, to, to peter away as summer. Now I've seen some some figures in the hundreds of percentages increase. Yeah, so so for us, actually, it's over a thousand percent increase. Um, and that could have been a lot more if we could have got stock. So the, the moment we we realised what was happening, uh, our buying team were on the on the phone to all of our trainer suppliers um and working on what the stock was available we, we were we were we were buying in as much as we 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 felt comfortable to fuel the demand we were seeing the reality is we could have bought a lot more and sold a lot more um we've also then resorted to fly to to, to working with wahoo to fly in supplies from taiwan uh where um yeah, we'll take a significantly reduced margin but it's really about keeping our customers kind of active throughout this period um, so, so now we're, 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 we still have, we have stock of certain lines, pretty much anything we can get is selling out. Um, but we're now starting to see some bigger gaps uh, appearing in supply lines um, where we might be looking at three or four weeks until some of the popular models come back into stock again. And obviously who knows at that point, what stage of, uh, we'll be at with uh, government uh, advice and lockdown, et cetera. The future is um, never easy to predict and is uh, close to impossible at the moment. Did you see, Ian, did you see these huge sales take off across all price points? Or was it particularly high-end stuff or particularly low-end stuff? We haven't really sold, if you like, cheap turbo trainers for a long while. We've seen demand for, for £200 turbo trainers that aren't smart, i.e. that you know, can't interact with with an online platform such as Swift. really drop away. So we, we really didn't even think about ordering too much in that level. The reality is we've seen turbo trainers from, from every price point sell, but it happened but very much it has been fueled by the smart trainer, um, smart trainer side. Uh, so trainers from kind of 600 pounds and upwards have been uh, literally selling as fast as we can get them. But actually, we're now starting to get some big drops of the new Wahoo bike, which is retailing for 3,000 pounds. And we'll have stages next week. And again, we're, we're selling everything we can on that front. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, in, in the hundreds of those kind of bicycles as well. So it really is across, across every price point. So I think people to look to make sure they can stay active at home and finally and looking into the crystal ball which everybody is trying to do at the moment i mean it's pretty pretty murky on stock i I mean do you think the suppliers are going to be able to continually restock or are you know are we going to be getting into a a famine situation we're already seeing that now um so wahoo is 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 our biggest brand there's three big sellers the 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 thousand pound kicker the 700 pound core and the 500 pound snap and all of those now for us are out of stock and will be till May. That's not strictly true. We, we have an air shipment of uh, core trainers arriving in the next couple of weeks, but and they're, they're all pr- pretty much pre-sold. So after that, yes, we are looking at uh, May before we'll get any more from Wahoo. But we, we have got 
tax continually coming in, another big seller for us. We've got Elite just about sold out now. And the, the issue there is that Elite's factory is right in the heart of the, the, the Northern Italy outbreak. So there's nothing coming out from those guys for a while. Uh, and then other, other brands, Kinetic and Saris, again, buying, buying in what we can from, from our suppliers and uh, seeing those all move through as well. It is crazy. You know, we, we, inevitably our trading team look at the marketplace and it is pretty much an out of stock message across the board. Um, but yeah, if you want it, if you want a smart trainer, my, my absolute advice would be to get it on pre-order. Uh, that, a really good insight uh, from the inside of the business there. I'm very, very grateful for that, Ian. Thanks very much indeed for your time. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, Shane, obviously that's only the UK, but I think it probably reflects probably a European picture. Um, as Ian said, if you want to get a trainer to start using tomorrow, it's already too late. And if you want to get a trainer to start using in three or four weeks, you better hit the buy button. Yeah, unforecasted, I think was a word I've used quite a lot in the last week yeah. or so, um, because it was it was the end of season. It really was. Uh, now it's higher than the highest season we've ever seen indoors. It's amazing. In Australia, I'm not really closely linked to any retail, uh, but I do keep it on a few websites and I'm clicking around to see what's popular and what's out there for people. Not a lot is the answer. And people are now looking left field, well, slightly left field anyway. I think one of the, the sleeper trainers that is still available around the place is the Feedback Sports Omnium Trainer, which is a roller, really small portable roller. You see them at cyclocross mm. races all the time. Um, it has a front fork mount, so it's compatible with um, anything. It's not a smart trainer, but it gives you a progressive resistance curve. I think the Omnium trainer will sell out soon, but they are still in stock. Uh, and resale of those is going to be quite good because they're so popular with cross races. So if anyone wants a hot tip, if they can't find a trainer of any type, uh, yeah, have a look at the Feedback Sports Omnium. Yep, good unit. Tip. Very good tip. People mm -hmm. may well be improvising if you can't get mm -hmm. a kicker. Mm -hmm. um okay well let's see how that one goes just worth a few minutes here i think on how zwift itself is adapting to the virus crisis and the massive surge of new users and um, we saw a little of that in the update that dropped a few days ago nathan dropping the level requirements to get into the jungle and climb the alp that was a good move i think yeah i mean well all mmos do this so they adjust to the market so Will never be a place. Well, I don't want to say this about Zwift because Zwift, I think, is pretty ardent that we will never be selling levels or drops or whatever in extra money. They've been very upfront about that. But World of Warcraft changed its tune. <laughs> like, and eventually you could buy levels. They changed their tune on uh, how quick you could get experience so that you could go play with other players uh, that you want to jump in with. And so uh, there's a reality that, like, you want to do the same experiences with your buddies who got you on Zwift, and there's a lot of complaints coming in. It just makes sense. Like, let's make it a little bit easier to experience more of Swift because more people can be riding, and they're gonna be riding more than they usually would because you can't really go outside. So, I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a great move to make things more accessible uh, right now to all the people in Fluxing because they want to go check out all the. And also, I think there's another motivation though. These are crammed spaces now. Like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have enough road to Lama's point. The, the amount of people in a line right now is like mm -hmm. a conga line nonstop. So if you are closing roads, that kind of makes it like the people have less place to go to like kind of just not just have people on top of each other. So that might have some motivation with it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, good point. Excellent. You're a very good point uh, this week. I need to beat you in games more often. Uh, Shane, you've got some kind of level lock hack, I think. If it's not too complicated, could you could you deliver that for us, my friend? 
Yeah, look, those level locked areas were always available for people if they were to join an event that goes through those areas. So if you were to join a um, a group ride or a race or something that goes up the Alp and you were at level one, you could still get into those areas. It's effectively like letting having a friend let you in the security door at their uh, complex or something like that at work or in the building you can never get access to by yourself. But I got to thinking, if you were to create a meetup yourself and then maybe have it on one of those routes and ride it maybe by yourself, that's effectively like doing a group ride or a workout Ooh. or a, uh, on the same thing. And I think I thought, oh, do I do a video on this? Or is this a bit too sneaky? But I think if a newbie comes along in his level one and can figure out how to do a meetup and ride it themselves, I think they deserve to get to that area anyway. So I'll have a test of this next week. I think it's uh, Fire and Ice would be the route to do by yourself. So I've got have you tested this? You, you no, haven't tested it. No, no, it's all no, theoretical there's science. No, there's no reason it should. <laughs> yeah, be how do we know that? How do is it? How do we know the level lock doesn't apply to a meetup at level one? Well, we don't. You, we need. We need. Like, we so need so I'm just theorizing. But if somebody, but if somebody makes a meetup on your behalf Correct. and invites you yes. to it, then you can just ride with them. That's the theory. Yes, but what if you were if you're only level one or level two? And I, but I think if somebody's that deep into it and got the companion app and got it all hooked up and inviting, yeah, is that that level? That's that's not a hack. That's just in the game. Like that's one of those that's like free. (laughs) It's free. It's like free free reign because it's right there. Like I'm not I'm not I'm level locked, but Zwift left it open. Well, sorry, the door was open. Like kind of a thing. It's a it's a work. I call it a workaround rather than a hack. I guess yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hack was too strong a word. But we use hack for everything now. No, we're being hack making a cup of coffee these days. <laughs> uh, um, uh, one of the things, Shane, that I think, uh, I, I mean, obviously no, none of us three will, will ever be aware of this, but I think the onboarding process has been adjusted a bit because uh, there were aspects of that that were a, a little confusing, Shane, before. Yeah, opening up a new account, and I did this a few months back. Um, I had two people here in the Llama Lab wanting to ride together. Um, one was a level four or five Zwifter, and one was a brand new account. We wanted to ride together. They couldn't because the first rider or the brand new account had an onboarding process where when you logged in, you were presented with a completely blank screen. All you had was the world. There was no heads-up displays anywhere, and he had to ride forward for then things to pop up and there was a little pop-up box and things happening. Mm. And it wasn't the standard Zwift experience that someone who's seen Zwift before or seen their friends on Zwift expects. So if you're brand new to Zwift, it's probably okay if that's all you've seen. But if you've seen some live streams that Nathan's done or any of the content that I do, you want to log in and see the same thing. It's presented a little differently. And we see mm. that with the, uh, the the grouping of newbies on Watopia at the moment. They are hilarious. It's where, it's where Zwifters are born. Um, just uh, Was it 300 meters to go or 400 meters to go there on Watopia? I think it's the very intense uh, segment. They all pop up on and ride off. Um, the, all of those. It's very oh, intense in that area. It's where everybody's got little <laughs> words on the side saying something. I'm just like Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. <laughs> oh, there's some there's some deep inside baseball jokes there for sure. Um, yeah, it can be a little confusing. Um, but yeah, so just watch out for the onboarding process. If you're getting people set up and uh, on Zwift for the first time, they'll need to start riding before they can be presented with everything as expected. Yeah. But, but I think it has been tweaked. I think it has been tweaked to make it easier. And certainly they've also tweaked it so that you can customise your avatar before before you turn a pedal in anger. Uh, Except so today. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, <laughs> I like it that you can identify where the noobs are now. Like that's no, it's like the idea of Zwift is like, oh, we'll create this curated experience, and like the experience which was like, well, now we know where these guys are. We can just like and what they look take like advantage yeah. of. Like we can just these are the because like, in World of Warcraft you can go and camp places for low level people and kill them, right? So like we're just, now we know where they all are. Like we can just like we can go get them and harass them. <laughs> Confused them. Oh, that is awful. That's like it's like the new kid in school, isn't it? You know, you stand out if you. Anyway, anyway, we said last week we're going to be nice to news. Well, I did anyway. Uh, okay, well, um, HQ has also tweaked its social media messaging, pointing people more often to content like yours, Shame, which helps bait with basic setup as well as features that are seeing increasing demand like group meetups. That's a good move, I think. Um, and the important thing in these times, even though it seems a little pedestrian, is just to keep the service stable and make sure the basics, basic experience just works. Now is not a great time to be introducing big new innovations or even new maps. Steady as she goes has to be the sensible thing here, Nathan, I think. Um... I don't know. They got a curated experience with the news where you can camp them. I think you just can. I mean, <laughs> like, like they go there and we go to the new stuff. It's all good. Like, yeah, okay. You're not. You're not laying them off the hook. Why should hold back progress? Like uh, okay. I don't get it. Steady as she. Yeah, keep it steady. Let's get the new stuff. Like, okay. So there's me. And there's me leaving the door wide open for you to say something nice about HQ, and you stand resolutely on the other the side of the door thumbing your nose and i didn't you, know i was just saying we like new content's cool that's all i'm saying well know. yeah we know that no no new content is cool but maybe not now anyway okay well like you know i gave you a chance uh shane other services uh which have either intentionally or kind of accidentally seen increased usage are suffering uh, i mean i'm not going to name them it's a bit unfair really but but you know there's some creaky stuff around i think um Trainer Road introduced a new feature using video to connect people training together. I'm not sure how resilient that is, though the early reports were pretty good. Um, so, you know, maybe you can launch new things in the middle of a, uh, a crisis. But the thing is, this while the virus is horrible, we know it's horrible, but it is undoubtedly an opportunity for kind of all indoor riding services. But you have to have your ducks in a row at this point, do you not? You have to have a very solid core product, and that yeah. cannot fail during this time. Um, we've seen Zwift only fall over for about 30 minutes, I think, in the last two weeks, which for a lot of people, they're thumping tables going, oh, my God, I couldn't log in. Back in our day, back when we first started, mm. <laughs> it, had a, it had a known thing. It's called the Yenzi effect. It was happening quite often, so that was pretty good. During this period, look, there is, un, again, Un unforecasted growth across everything. Now that includes not just hardware suppliers, but in in the server side of things, you've got to have enough instances spin up, enough resources in the back end to deal with this uh, just surge in traffic. So we've had a few other other platforms go down. I have a few hiccups. I believe one of the video delivering service uh, platforms also had degraded service because they were just pushing out so much video. Their ISP just toggled them down a little bit. So. How to stress test for this? I, it's it's tough to do. Um, a lot of the time, this increase in traffic gets confused with a DOS attack, a denial of service. 
Um, mm. It's not really the case. It's just people wanting to ride bikes indoors, which is a good thing. But I think everyone has weathered this storm so far. Again, the unknown is how big is this storm and how long is it going to last? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Swift has done well. To be fair to them, they have done really in, in maintaining a, a, actually an excellent service. I mean, I saw... A few isolate, well, there's always, oh, since the update, uh, this has gone wrong. I mean, you see that every time. And actually, I've also had two huge uh, Bluetooth dropouts. Um, uh, and I never get them. I mean, I just never, ever, ever get them. And they were actually rather annoyingly during group rides. But the, but I, I don't think that's a Zwift thing. I just think lots of technical things are, are, are kind of wobbling a bit at the moment. But, but Zwift hasn't been. I think there's a problem out of Germany at the to at this point in time as well with one of the ISPs. Yeah. People uh, with yeah. the wired connections or and they have to switch to 4G or 5G for it to work. So we have ISPs throttling certain routes and things. It's yeah. not a swift thing. Also, with people having trouble during the very, very big events, I've got a niggling feeling that that's pushing systems to the limit. If you've got an old business laptop that gets very hot when you're swifting, yeah. if you're drawing 200 riders on the screen at any one time, that's a whole different game than drawing two or three riders that might that's be on the screen for a free ride. So with the dropouts, it's not necessarily Zwift service. It's the local end. And if yeah. you have internet dropout, you'll, everyone will disappear, but you're still riding. If you're having dropouts locally there, it, again, 99% of the time, it's local. So check your system stats, do a system clean, get yourself an Apple TV 4K, make sure it's nice and cool. You should be good to go. No, yeah. that, that, that point though, Shane, is really because I've seen a lot of during broadcasts right now mm -hmm. where people are disappearing that I don't think yep. are on Zwift, that it's actually their system or is not used to seeing so many, writing so many things, actually. And maybe that's what I'm wondering. It's just a conjecture, but there because has remembering been some disappearing yep. more than more often than usual lately because one thing we don't remember or i keep forgetting every single time is that every instance of zwift is an independent world created locally and that's then synced up over the internet so there's if there's twenty eight thousand people on there are twenty eight thousand virtual instances of zwift running on people's machines that all have to sync up so if there was an issue with zwift everyone's typically affected uh, and that's with the logins that we see um, or, or everyone will disappear. But what we see, just one or two riders disappear or one or two people. Or, but I mean, only, I'm exaggerating. You only grab the, the nearest 100, though, so that they don't have to write so many. Yeah, correct. But the, at these times right now, what's different is this, it's people's systems are being pushed like never yeah, before. Yeah, and then they keep yeah, on yeah, popping yeah. in, though, and new ones keep popping mm, in when you go yeah, through them, yeah. too. So then it has to keep no. writing them. A, a rule of thumb, which is a very, very good one, is that if people think it's a problem with Zwift, it nearly always isn't, and it's nearly always a, a local <laughs> problem, and check check your setup. Okay. Speaking uh, oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead, of, my friend. Speaking of overloads, um, and to praise Zwift, like they have done an amazing job because even the re streams almost didn't happen today on Zwift Community Live because Restream thought they were being DDoS. They're saying they're being mm -hmm. DDoS, but now when Shane said this today, I was like, maybe somebody's people are just getting bored and looking for something to do, or yeah. they're just getting so many requests for streamers to stream because they just got all of this extra time that they mm. just can't keep their service up. So we almost didn't have streams today. Yeah. And yeah. so that's interesting. And yeah. so anyways, no, a lot that, of people I mean, are affected. Yeah, the, the, in, the, in the pipelines and the architecture of the, of the internet, there's definitely some wobble. Okay, let's hear from HQ. The fence, a popular feature which helps massively to keep group riders under control, 
was withdrawn a few weeks ago when it got super buggy. Swifters have really, really missed this feature, never more so than now for obvious reasons. Well, it's back. It's had some repairs done, and although it's still being tested, it has been enabled on selected events. Let's get some detail. Well, astonishingly, a first time, a debut on the Zwiftcast to Wes Salmon. So, Wes, um, from HQ, I think you better introduce yourself. Let's have your job title and then tell us what it means. Uh, I am a game designer uh, by title, uh, but at Zwift, that means I do a lot of things. Uh, I do a bit of product design, clearly a bit of game design, a little product management, basically anything that needs to get done to make things move through the system so we can deliver Zwift uh, is what I try to do. Absolutely. And of course, you were a Zwifter well before you joined Zwift. Oh, yeah. So back in 2015 is when I first discovered Zwift uh, through a unfortunate incident on the road. Uh, I managed to convince my wife that instead of buying a cyclocross bike for the winter, uh, I should spend uh, twice as much and get a new computer, a Wahoo kicker uh, and a big TV for the garage so I could ride indoors. Uh, and it turned out to be the best thing ever because uh, I've been a longtime gamer and uh, before I got back into riding bikes, I was a huge World of Warcraft fan. So I spent tons of time spending uh, hours and hours uh, playing games with friends, uh, both near and far. And finding Zwift uh, really allowed me to kind of scratch that itch of that social connection to people through gaming. It's always, always good to, to, to get a feeling of who, who people are when they, when they talk to us about what's happening at Zwift. Um, let's start, Wes, with the fence. Now, we know the fence had to go into the workshop. So imagine that I am sitting with my finger poised over a geek speak buzzer. And if you lapse into geek speak, then that buzzer is going to go off. It might be metaphorical, but um, w- without too much geek speak, what, what was the problem? Well, okay, there's two problems with the fence, and one of them was technical and one of them was experiential. We spent um, a bit of time building out the visual style of the fence, uh, and during that time, one of the things we talked about was that it didn't really matter if the fence looked perfect because we didn't expect people to ever really see it more than once because our thought was that people would go see it, they would go past it sometimes, they would get the UI that says, hey, go back to the group leader, and they'd say, okay, that's what the fence was about. I don't need to be here anymore and go back to the ride leader. Instead, what we found, <laughs> they, they love playing with the fence. They love testing those boundaries. They love like playing little games with the fence. They love chasing the fence down. It was completely different than what we expected people to use the fence for. So that was the experiential part that people were actually using the fence as a target to do cool stuff with. Just to be clear, you didn't you didn't see that coming. We did not. No, we did not expect that Zwifters would would see the fence as uh, that squirrel to chase constantly. We expected people to experiment with it, but we did not expect it to be a constant experimentation. Um, the second problem is a technical problem, which is, and I will try not to get too geek speaky here. Um, the the way that positions are calculated in Zwift, like my position versus your position on the road versus the roads themselves and how the intersections connect those roads, uh, that system is very complex. Um, To use the fence properly required that we use calculations that are using that system to figure out where you are as a ride leader and where I am as a rider in your group and then figure out where the fence should be in real time and then where my bike is compared to that fence. And we're constantly updating that. Every frame, we're updating that. So if you're getting 30 frames per second on your typical you know, computer playing Zwift, that's 30 updates a second that we're getting that information and doing the calculations. Um, and that works great uh, until it doesn't. 
that's the long and short of it is that the calculations are complex. Uh, they are uh, a number of bugs that we needed to track down and solve. Uh, and the number of people that were being impacted by these uh, occasional miscalculations was greater than we were comfortable with. There would be people kicked out in mass. There would be people 50 or 60 at a time kicked out of a ride because of these miscalculations. So that was too much for us. Very frustrating for, for a user as well if they've been looking forward to a group ride and they get, they get booted through through no fault of their own especially when they're doing everything right. Like they, they're like, I was behind the beacon. I've been taught to stay with the beacon. I was doing it right. And Zwift still kicked me out. That was something we were like, we can't let that stand. We have to figure out a solution for that. And part of that solution was to turn the fence off for a bit so that one, we stopped kicking out people inappropriately. Uh, but also it gave us a little bit of room to actually start to really dig into these bugs. Well, I won't ex ask you to explain the fix, but I assume that the fix now incorporates this learning that Zwifters do play with the fence. Yeah, there, there's definitely that learning that uh, impacted some of the changes we made to help improve the fence calculations. Uh, but some of the things we learned during the uh, the route calculation issues helped us with the fence as well. Uh, so there's a combination of a number of different fixes that went into place, as well as some telemetry. And I know that's a dirty word in some cases. It's not about you know finding out uh, things about your device or uh, things about your location or your Wi-Fi. It's about when you get kicked out of an event, um, we are going to have the system send us some extra data about where the ride leader was being reported to, uh, where you were reporting yourself to be, where the fence thought you were, uh, and where you were on the route. So we can start to debug if we find more bugs. Uh, we'll be able to kind of have more information right away as opposed to asking someone that got kicked out of a ride to try to reproduce it in a separate ride. Okay, well, that's super interesting. Um, I mean, I'll talk to you in a few moments cause, cause, because Zwifters really will want to know when the fence is available for, for everything. But we'll get to that in a moment. Did it take you by surprise, Wes, how well-used, well-loved, and how much people miss this feature when you did have to pull it? It did. Um, so when we first released the fence, we were watching how uh, many rides were using it. Uh, and at one point, uh, I think I did a quick calculation uh, during the week. I think there was 200 plus group rides uh, over a seven day period out of 230 or 240 total group rides that were using the fence. Uh, and that was far more than we expected to use it. Okay. Well, look, um, I, I know it, it has to inevitably, when when there's an overhaul of something like this, it does have to go into kind of test mode. And it's only available now for selected rides. And I know software guys hate the kind of when question, but what's the kind of roadmap for restoring it so that all ride leaders can choose to use it all of the time? Well, the goal is for uh, me to actively audit a handful of rides, and I'm thinking uh, three to five rides should be enough to really understand exactly how our changes are impacting the experience. Uh, once we have that data, uh, we'll be able to make a determination uh, on whether or not the fence is suitable for uh, broader usage. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, then we'll be able to turn it on for every ride that used it before. Uh, so we'll be turning it back on for all of those rides uh, once we determine that the fixes in place are doing what we want. And I'm hoping that happens um, this week. Okay, well, I, th I think Zwifters will will certainly welcome that news. And I think also, Wes, they'll really understand and appreciate the, the detail that's gone into that explanation. Uh, certainly Zwiftcast listeners love that level of detail, and it's, it's great to hear that from you. So thanks very much for that. And uh, we're going to come back to you in the podcast in a few moments' time. But for the present time, thanks very much. Well, that was really interesting. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, of, of maths stuff there that caused the problems. 
But what Wes said there, the, the thing that I found most interesting was that they never foresaw that Zwifters would 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 mess with the fence, would play with the fence, would treat it as a squirrel, as he described it, and would, you know, not go up to it and look at it and come back having realised what it did, which is what they thought Zwifters would do, but Zwifters would go and continually mess about with it, Nathan. Well, this this is interesting because when I first saw the fence, the first thing I thought was, what can we do with that thing? Like, it, it, like It's just amazing to me that like, and this is what we've been saying like the whole time it feels like is that at least as a community, we want to play a game. We want to play a game. Even those who don't think that they're talking about playing a game when they start talking about what to do with power-ups, they're actually talking about like, well, how do I want to play the game? And that when something that could be a gamified experience introduces itself, they were like, whoa, whoa, let's play with this thing. What can we do with it? And that, and then of course, Zwift wasn't thinking they were going to do that because Zwift continued to seem to think that people don't want to play a game. And then I'm like, well, it kind of shows you these guys want to play a game because the thing is is a game immediately the moment you give them something. So anyways, I just find it kind of ironic is all. But um, I also find it really entertaining. And I still want to figure out how we can create elimination races specifically mm. with the fence, which people yeah. did. Actually, people kind of did that anyways with it, So, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, isn't it, uh, Shane? The law, law of unintended consequences, you know, or Murphy's Law or whatever particular law you want to apply to this, stuff happens that you didn't think would happen, and then that has consequences. Welcome to the Zwift community. They are one <laughs> step or one fence ahead, always. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it was really good to hear from Wes. I, you know, I love that level of detail. And, and I think, you know, as I've been saying forever, I, I just think Zwift needs to do more of that. Just explain, explain, explain. Tell us what's happening. Uh, and more from Wes later in the podcast, importantly, about the new club functionality, which is launched in a limited form and only for some users. Uh, we will explain more on that shortly. Okay, well, uh, I need to say this. It's uh, become a truism, but, you know, it's worth repeating. This virus is terrible. You don't need me to repeat that. There's an awful lot of people suffering in it. it it's awful. I, I've got to say that just because, you know, perspective. But there are a few positive aspects, and one is an absolute flowering of creativity online as we all struggle with this difficult new world. One which has amused me no end is the Tour de Quarantine. It's a brilliant spoof on bike racing, and you can find it on Twitter and, and everywhere else. It's uh, It's gone mad. Um, uh, so so basically, a guy called Brad Sona has got a hold of, of footage of people cycling in a in a park. I, th I think it overlooks his, his apartment, basically, or his apartment overlooks the park. And then he's gone ahead and he's added bike race style commentary and sound effects. It's absolutely brilliant. Here's a flavor. Welcome back to the 2020 Tour de Quarantine. It's stage five, and God knows how long this thing is going to last, so let's enjoy it while it does. Over. All right, live images on course. It is very, very good dog in the lead today. The incredibly cute dog sitting in the basket on the front. But Guy in the Orange, again, wearing the neon leader's jersey today, starting to move to the front. Now, he's maintaining the six-foot social distancing now, but this guy is a natural-born killer. He can't help it. He will make the pass eventually, and this is it. Guy in the Orange moving past. Very, very cute dog, and here he goes. Oh, and a look over the shoulder. What a savage. How could you do that to such a cute dog guy in the orange is cutthroat at the tour de quarantine 
Guy in the orange is going to be just too strong as he will win stage five. What a day at the 2020 Tour de Quarantine. And the very, very cute dog is absolutely cracked. She left it all out there today. And here he is, the man himself, uh, a work of unmitigated and unmatched genius, Brad. Congratulations. Wow, thank you very much. That might be the best review I've gotten of this thing. <laughs> I don't believe that. I mean, it must have picked up some traction. We are all in need of two things. One is bike racing and the other thing is a good laugh. Yeah, I was shocked by uh, the response to it. Uh, you know, I just wanted to make a couple of, pe- couple of people laugh and put some smiles on uh, some faces around here, but... Um, when I started to see the popularity and people were sharing it all over the place and I just thought I got to keep this going. So, uh, I, I did not intend for this to, to turn into a long tour, but, uh, the response was incredible. And so I figured I just had to. It, uh, honestly, it's just great. It brightens up my day. And like, I'm sure it brightens up everybody else's day. I'm guessing your day job is not unrelated. Uh, it is not. I'm a, a commentator here in the United States, so I do a, a bunch of bike races here in the U.S. Um, and a lot of TV production as well uh, for some of the races. So it was kind of a natural fit, although uh, I will say this is a little bit outside of my normal zone. You know, there's normally a TV truck and staff and stuff like that. So uh, the the one man band is uh, a, a new endeavor for me. Yeah, well, everything's new to, to everybody right now. That's right. Um, the kind of droll nature of the commentary. I mean, it's humorous, but it's not funny, funny, clever, clever. It's just, it's got a real unique style. Did that kind of just happen by accident? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that kind of reflects my natural humor style. Um, I'm a pretty dry commentator. My voice uh, definitely lends itself to um, a more play-by-play style of commentary. Uh, and so it just kind of fit naturally. Uh, that's that's how I tell jokes. And so I kind of tried to translate that into into tour de quarantine. Yeah, well, it sure works really, really well. Um, so uh, just the, the place where it's shot, is this like your local park or? Uh, it's right outside my apartment window, actually. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was just sitting there one day. We had uh, gone into lockdown um, and I watch people ride on this bike path every day. I, you know, I watch them ride back and forth while I'm sitting at my desk. Uh, and I saw a couple, what, what could have been good races, people riding close. And I thought, oh, that'd be funny to add some commentary. And so it started with just commentary. I was just going to record video and then do some commentary. And then I'm sort of a tinkerer by nature, a perfectionist, if you will. Uh, and then it was, let's add some graphics and then let's add some sound effects and then let's add replay. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. So now we've got a telestrator. We've got the <laughs> full results and timing. And it's uh, it's been crazy. Yeah, the translations of the interviews are really funny as well. <laughs> There's such a great spoof. And the, the helicopter sound effect, you know, that, that, that takes it up to another level. Yeah, it's amazing um, how comforting the helicopter sound is as a cycling fan. Uh, yeah. You know, it's something that you just, when you hear it, you know instantly you're watching a bike race. And so, yeah, that was a no-brainer for me. Absolutely. Well, it's a great, great, great piece of work, Brad. I've got one last question for you. Uh, Your tip for the win. You know, that's a tough one. Nobody knows how long tour to quarantine is uh, and nobody knows when this thing is going to end or who's going to be there at the end. So, you know, lady on the e-bike has been looking pretty good, but uh, we all know the batteries only last so long. So (laughs) we'll see if uh, if she can get to a charging station before the final few stages in the mountains. He's very, very cute dog out of it now. Uh, very cute dog is never out of it. Never count out. Very, very <laughs> cute dog. Uh, you never know what can happen. That's the beauty of the sport. 
Listen, congratulations, mate. You have lifted many, many, many people's spirits, and I hope the tour de quarantine lasts as long as you wanted to. It's uh, great, great fun to watch. Um, anybody who's not seen it, it's like everywhere now. It's on YouTube, it's on Twitter. Just hit hit up tour de quarantine in any search engine, you'll find it. Great work, Brad. Really uh, good work, fella. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Shane, have you seen it? I have indeed. It was one of those things I saw pop up early on and I thought, oh, what is, is this just, I'll just watch it anyway. I spat my coffee. It was hilarious. <laughs> but the stages as well, They, I'm on the edge of my seat. This is, it's exactly what we need at this time. It's an absolute laugh. I re- highly recommend it. Everybody go and find it. It is, yep, yeah, it'll make your day. Yeah, no, it's really, really, really well done. I noticed actually on the latest stage, or it might have been a couple of stages back, uh, Nathan, he's introduced a character called Zwifter. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I think, I think because you can't identify as Rifter from just riding a back. Well, maybe you can because uh, because the, thing, the the characteristics he's given what the guy he calls Rifter are that he can't ride his bike. He can't handle his bike outside. And then forgot to take a turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Have you seen it, Nathan? Oh yeah, I have a comment on stage nine, uh, freaking Zwifter because to, to go along with <laughs> hackers, like in in a like what is his problem? He couldn't turn his handlebars to go the right uh, way, and he lost yeah. the stage. I mean, come on, Zwifter. So I had to get in there because my my little avatar on YouTube is me in a Zwift shirt. So I had to say something about the stupid Zwifter. You know what is he doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I love great. What Brad's doing. It's great. It really is awesome. Yeah, it's great work. Great work. Go, go find it. It's very funny. Uh, but I do fear it's all the bike racing we might see for some time. Um, the Olympics is finally postponed, and the organizers of the tour are saying it could take place effectively behind closed doors. Ah, I mean, personally, I think that's really, really unlikely to happen, but we'll see. But as far as Zwifters go, the Olympic announcement could be the really significant one. Zwift CEO Eric Min, as good as confirmed that the next big Zwift map, new Zwift map, would be set in Tokyo in some kind of collaboration with the Olympics. And with the Olympics now postponed, is this still going to happen? Well, who knows? I mean, Zwift may not know. It must be causing some pretty heavy head-scratching at HQ. Shane, I mean, what would you do in this? And and these guys, you know, we you know we give them a hard time sometimes. But but you know, the, the, they do have to make some some tricky decisions sometimes. I mean, what would you do in these circumstances? Press ahead with the new Tokyo map, as we're now going to call it, because that's what we think it is, or just put the whole damn thing on ice. No, put that one on ice, pivot pretty quickly to maybe throwing some gravel trails in um, or working on the meetups or club functionality uh, for Zwift, which mm. everybody is screaming for right now. Uh, the reason being is you'll lose all the hype, all the excitement, all the newness or freshness that they would get out of the course uh, if they release that this year and the Olympics isn't until next year because in 12 months, everyone's going to say, meh, what we know the course. But if you release yeah. that course within, say, four weeks out or sometimes they release it very close, two weeks out, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of... Uh, a lot of press coverage as well, but no one's going to cover a course that's already out anyway. Uh, no, mm. but it does depend on the development timeline. If it's already done, maybe just have it for special events every now and then um, as a teaser, but there are higher priorities right now given the yeah the current state of the world. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Nathan, every business, every business has to adjust to, to this new world. Uh, and Swift, of course, is no exception. And a lot of businesses will see big projects that they've spent ages and ages and ages working on suddenly 
no longer relevant or something that's got to be postponed or you know even cancelled. I'm not saying that, that this new map would be, but uh, yeah, I think Shane's right. Actually, don't you? There will be no advantage in in releasing a Tokyo map anytime soon. Yeah, I do see this across a lot, like you said, of um, other businesses. And some of them who are trying to salvage are doing a good job. Others are kind of like a leaking ship, and it's like, no, just pivot. And um, I agree with Shane, actually, that this is an opportunity to not feel the pressure of a course that has something to do with an in-real-life event. I think that development has gone on the back burner in some places in years past, specifically to serve in-real-life events on Zwift, and it's put pressure on the dev team to not do things that have to do with the core product. And that now we have an opportunity to actually focus directly on the core product because now people are Zwifting inside and not paying attention to things going on outside. So why don't we focus on the thing going on actually in the game inside? And there's a lot of opportunity here, I think, to put a lot of dev work that would have gone into the creation of a new UCI world, the creation of the Tokyo, like those kind of things. Now we got all this extra time, use it for awesome stuff for Zwifters and not this mixture of in real life and Zwift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's them told, isn't it? That's you. That's you told HQ. You know what you're doing when you arrive I have, work a, tomorrow? I have some strong feelings about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we're all getting used to adapting to change. I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm um, Swift. I'm sure of course we'll be doing the same. And it is very hard to say what will be happening with any new maps now. I guess I could try to get some information uh, for an upcoming episode out of Swift, but I'm not sure I'd hold my breath on that one. Uh, but as Nathan said, and Shane said pretty much the same thing, uh, I don't think any of us will be surprised if the vast majority of Swift staffers are not engaged on just keeping the platform running nice and smooth and keeping Swifters busy with events and other things in these extraordinary times. Right on! Okay, well, despite much effort devoted to onboarding newbies and keeping things stable, there are new things happening, specifically club functionality and the UI update. Next week's episode, if the Zwift UI rollout schedule stays where it is, we'll have a big in-depth feature on the new style user interface, so tune in for that. But the very first version of Club Functionality has launched. It's MVP, or Minimum Viable Product, and it's the baby of Wes Salmon at HQ. We've heard from him once, so let's hear from him again. He's head of development of Club Functionality, so let's get down and dirty with the detail. Um, So welcome back to Wes, who's going to explain uh, where we're starting with Club Functionality. And I think, Wes, welcome back, by the way, I think it's fair to say it's starting fairly small so why don't you just start by explaining where we're starting and why those decisions have been taken in that way yeah no problem uh so basically uh we've been working on clubs now for um about a year as we've learned uh, by building clubs and having internal betas um, there are some features that we built uh, that we wanted to make sure hit a certain level of quality Um, And those features typically in software development become the first ones to get cut from a MVP because your goal with your MVP is to get a core set of functionality out to users so you can start to understand how they use the product. So you're able to pivot away from things that you thought you may want to do, but the use cases are are showing you shouldn't do uh, and vice versa. Things you never thought you should do start to show up in that MVP because people are using it in a way that you never anticipated. There's been so much organic creation of clubs from the Zwift community that 
for us to think that we know what clubs needs to be right off the bat would be silly. So by giving a base foundation of features, we're hoping that the clubs will help educate us on the things that they find most valuable so we can make sure that we can service those larger needs for the clubs um, properly. Right now, the way clubs is going to work is that we are creating a Club Jarvis. The, the goal is to bring on the beta users from the original Zwift beta back in 2014 and 2015 to help us with this first launch of clubs. And these users are going to help us flesh out the feature set, um, but also load test uh, the actual system to make sure that we have the capability of managing large clubs, um, because there are a number of clubs that we expect to have five, six, seven, eight thousand users when we launch their club. Uh, so the club features um, will be pretty simple. It allows people to uh, organize their ride so that they can ride for a particular club. And by riding for a club, that means that your stats uh, and your contribution to that club come from the ride. During that session, you're officially riding for Club Jarvis. So your mileage, your elevation, your calories, your time spent, those will all go to credit Club Jarvis. Let's say there was a competition between two clubs, say who could get to a million miles first. Well, that would be how you would go about doing it. You would ride for your club and contribute to your club. And you could do it in free rides, you could do it in workouts, you could do it in group rides, you could do it in races. You can do it however you want to Zwift. Uh, so it gives you the freedom to continue to Zwift how you want to Zwift, uh, but also creates that social connection with others where you're contributing to a common goal or a common purpose. I mean, it's analogous in some ways to, to a kind of Strava club, really, or even, you know, going back to analog times, the kind of pin board on the wall of the local bike shop, you know, who climbed the most meters this week or who rode the most miles. Oh, very much so. We're, we're not trying to reinvent something that doesn't already exist. We're, we're taking a lot of the learnings from how Strava clubs works, uh, how Garmin's uh, Connect clubs work, uh, and how people behave in their uh, weekly uh, weekend ride uh, regarding their contributions where that shared experience results in something bigger than they could have done solo. As you, as you specified there, the, 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 the kind of pool from which these testers are going to be drawn is the, is the original beta, beta riders on, on Zwift and uh, all the Zwift casters are in there and probably a few other familiar names to Zwifters. Um, do you, I mean, I think people will accept, Wes, that it has to be tested in this way. You just can't launch this to, you know, multiple thousands of Zwifters all in one go. It's, it's got to be tested methodically. Oh, without a doubt. Do, do, you, do you expect just a little bit of pushback from people who, who, who are not going to be in this club? Or is that just something people have just got to, they've got to tolerate, really? Oh, I, I totally expect it, which is, that's fine. That's fine. Um, if people didn't want to be in a club, I'd be sad because that means we're building something that people don't want. <laughs> so the idea that someone is really excited about clubs and is disappointed that they don't get to be a part of the first beta club, uh, that helps the team realize that we need to be methodical in how we test and scale this up so that we can ensure a certain level of quality experience for users. Now, you know what I'm going to ask you, because this will be the first question that pretty much every single Zwifter in the world asks. In fact, they already ask it on a very frequent basis. <laughs> and clearly this feature is not in the first iteration. But, um, and I'm not going to ask you when, but just talk us through the whole I want my own club kit thing. I mean, you know, is that ever going to be able to work within clubs? What are the technical difficulties around it? You know, is, is that a realistic aspiration? So, yeah, club jerseys are very hard. Uh, and right now, uh, the way Zwift is growing and the amount of organizations that are trying to get into Zwift in an official fashion, 
uh, getting custom club jerseys for all of them does not scale. Every club jersey that gets put into Zwift comes to us in a number of different ways. Oftentimes we'll get a PDF file with four sides of a jersey that one of our game artists needs to sit down and replicate pixel by pixel. That's time consuming, very time consuming. Uh, that's time that these game artists could be building new dinosaurs or new roads uh, or new buildings or other props that everyone in the Zwift ecosystem would benefit from. So it's a hard trade-off sometimes to say that we could have five artists spending eight hours a day creating club jerseys. And some of those club jerseys would be seen by 100 people. Some of them would be seen by 10,000 people. But if we have those same artists building a world, that's seen by almost all people. So it, th those trade-offs are really tough. So what we're trying to figure out with clubs is how do we give organizations a way to, in the game, brand themselves in a way that is uniquely identifiable, but doesn't come with the high cost of an artist painstakingly recreating a real-world jersey so it can be put into Zwift. I was going to say, can you to an extent automate this process or, or, or at least simplify and automate? That's kind of one of the goals. So if you think about like how most of the uh, Facebook clubs that are exist today for Zwift, how they originated. And from that, you spawned a number of amazing brands that can still be the way things move forward. But if we give tools to the user to allow them to create those brands in a way that lets us automate the jersey creation, then everybody gets something of value out of that. We get less time spent by an artist painstakingly recreating a jersey from a PDF file or a Illustrator file. Uh, and users get a little bit more control over their own identity in the game without having to have a large club to support it. I, I, again, I think that level of detail will will be really um, appreciated by Swifters. Probably the other the other huge question that I'm sure will arise early on in the um, in the gestation of the of the development of the club process is is I want you know I want to put my own event on without having to email someone and ask permission. Uh, uh, again, is is that on the kind of early priority roadmap? Oh, without a doubt, especially most recently where yeah. the platform has seen a, a huge spike in usage um, that comes with a huge spike in requests for people to ride together. And the calendar can only have so many events before it becomes completely unmanageable for a user to understand where can I find the things I care about because there's a ride every five minutes. So part of the goal with, with clubs is to allow the club members to create their own events mainly the club owners specifically, uh, so that only the club members see those events. So you don't have a calendar that's just chock full of every single event that's, that's available to every single Zwifter. Yep. No, I can see how that's going to work and, and work very well. And presumably you're going to tell me that that is like a ton of work and we're just going to have to be patient. It is a ton of work. We've been working on it since we started Close because that was one of the main goals. Because quite honestly, much like the artist issue with jerseys, uh, our events management team doesn't have the bandwidth to manage the amazing amount of events that are coming in every single day. And the amount of changes to the existing events is already something that we're struggling to keep up with because there's a constant churn with the weekly events. It's stuff as simple as changing leaders and sweepers uh, or changing the world or the route you're going to uh, do for your weekly ride, that stuff is still a manual process. And we're working really hard to figure out a way to automate that and give more control to the event owners and leaders so they can manage those components themselves. We built a foundational component for this with clubs, uh, and we're probably going to end up leveraging that sooner rather than later so that we can actually help dig out of this, this uh, 
kind of uh, overwhelming amount of requests that we have in the current uh, condition, like with so many people wanting to be uh, in Zwift as an organization, so many organizations coming back to Zwift because they, they need to be able to ride together. Um, we want to give tools to the users as soon as we can, which may mean pivoting a little bit of our plans around how this event management work uh, gets rolled out. So I'm hopeful uh, that things will be coming uh, in a bit quicker timeframe than we had originally planned for that. Uh, but of course, dates are always hard in software. The dates thing. I mean, you know, so hard to go there. But this this is a continuous process of development and new features are going to be added in what chunks of, of, of time that, that are denominated in, in weeks or, or, or in months? Whereas, I mean, can you just give us a kind of broad brush? We're shooting for weeks. So one of the problems we have is that there's multiple components that we need to have aligned before a feature can start to show up for users. Uh, there's client availability of the builds, like so their game client that they install on their PC or their iOS device or their Android device. There's the Zwift companion component that Clubs is going to rely on heavily. Uh, and then there's the server backend components uh, where we have a number of different services in the backend that would also need to be updated uh, in tandem so we can have a feature show up for users. Uh, so all those things uh, we need to improve our cadence on. Uh, and that's something we're, we're working on diligently internally. We have been for a long time and we continue to work on that. Um, but I'm hoping that clubs will allow us to kind of make improvements in a system uh, so that the rest of the, the system itself would benefit from it. So like, so hopefully that'll help a lot. Hopefully we'll we'll see th things happen in a in a timely and and exciting fashion. Uh, but for now, where's um, really clear, detailed, and fascinating explanation of how clubs is going to work at least at the outset. Thanks very much. No problem. Thank you so much, Simon. Okay, I get that this will probably be frustrating for listeners who are not in the first club to launch on Zwift. We, we three are um, probably you might have expected that, but we'll give periodic reports on how it's working and of course as soon as development progresses and it becomes more widely available with more features we'll discuss them as they as they arise where's again has taken the time shane to explain uh, and you know he's quite right in that this could be absolutely hu huge one of the biggest things ever to hit zwift and things have to be methodically tested they have to be tested at scale but, you know, I suppose if I'm being super honest, before I'd, I'd, I'd interviewed Wes and, and heard some of the reasoning, which I do think we ought to take into account, but I was just a little underwhelmed with, with the offer from the off. Yeah, I was asked a few times about this this week. Uh, what is clubs and what does it do? What does it provide me? Can I get in what I get you know, for being in the club? My answer in a nutshell was nothing at the moment nothing that people really want i think it's a level of expectation people had about what clubs is and what it will be in the future mm. um and what wasn't delivered was club events for just members only and that's what every single cycling club has contacted me here in australia about this week can i run club it's races and begging club for that, begging that is the for, one yeah. thing everybody wants and i think that was a massive expectation i'm not sure if swift set that somebody can correct me i guess over on swift listeners with cast listeners um if that was the case um and also custom kit people wanted now there are major yep. hurdles and technical issues with the custom kit um ttd being one of them for the gamers of us um that needs to be managed carefully um yeah look i've got to say it's a bit of a letdown i like the framework i like what's there 
We just need club events. I'm totally okay with them controlling how many clubs are in-game and them assigning club managers. That's absolutely fine. It's going to be a slow rollout. But we just need events right now to showcase what's going to be, to get everyone excited about what's coming. And this time frame has to be soon. I think we're seeing – there was nothing really set in stone, was there, given for time frames of when these events will be out and multiple clubs be added. Everyone wants this. Well, right he now. was talking. He was talking in the interview. You know, I'm mean, going to ask that specific question, and and you know, it was like, well, are we talking days, weeks, or months here for for big new leaps forward? And, and Wes did say weeks, but you know, but yeah, we but, want we want I mean, hours. Is, we want days. We want we want. Well, minutes. we do. <laughs> we, we yeah, we do. And 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 again, harking back to what I just said, you know, the world has changed in in like in, in mm. three weeks. The world the world has changed, and circumstances have changed and people's demands have massively, massively changed. So I do think it's, it, you know, it's unfair to expect businesses to suddenly do something wholly, wholly different as a result of very recently wholly, wholly differently changed circumstances. You know, people, you know, businesses are not just nimble enough. But, you know, nimble is not a word we associate with Swift, I'm afraid, Nathan, is it? No, that's that is true, and uh, I I wish it was going to be a little bit more. But also, there's a reality that there is a lot going on right now. You know, uh, yeah. minimal viable product here. Um, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, I like beta products. I like I'm okay with that. I like pro- products that you know are testing. I like products that are that way. My my aim is more at the whys. Like, why are we doing it like this, or why are we doing it like that? And one thing that really I like the model way better is what I saw in world of Warcraft or other MMOs with guilds, which is essentially a club and anybody could make a guild who got two signatures from other members Mm. to show that there were people Mm. who were interested And the fact that you can't just get together with your buds to have your club and design your own Jersey after putting a certain amount of investment in. And you couldn't, you couldn't just make a guild and get all the perks. Like you had to level up the guild and get more and more perks, but anybody could like, me and two guys or two or two people could just get together and here's we're going to name it whatever we want like what's holding that back i'm wondering and what's the motivation there and and i'm i'm kind of like it, it doesn't yet. Yeah. That, yeah. That but yeah but there's an important qualifier here i think nathan which is yet i mean we you know there, but that's there will not what be i'm a- hearing though like so anyways yet yes but I'm wondering, I would just really encourage, I'm looking to encourage that model because the control of clubs, once it's a thing and how much control is being put out there rather than letting it be out in the wild, I think is, I don't think that's a good idea. Let's give them a bit of space. You know, I mean, we've got to give them a bit of space and 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 there are some very strong arguments for making sure something that is going to be really big is really rock solid and really robust right from the very beginning. And that's clearly the path they've chosen. And so, I, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love clubs. I'm all about it. Like, and I think it's amazing. I think you're hundred percent right, Simon. I think it's one of the best features that we can have on Zwift hundred percent. And I'm mm. just like, what's the shiniest diamond rather than the, you know, yeah, the yeah. cut diamond yeah. than just a really awesome diamond, you know? So that's yeah. all. Okay. All right. Well, clubs is a thing that's happening. Uh, now, some things that aren't happening, at least not anytime soon. Uh, I'm going to preface this with a short snatch from a, a popular beat combo who were uh, quite big in the late 1980s. I'll probably get into terrible copyright trouble for this, but um, here we go. Believe the hype! 
Rowing is not coming to Zwift anytime soon. There were some updates in the code in the latest release, but that's for internal testing purposes. Uh, to introduce a whole new sport at this time just does not seem wise, which is why Zwift aren't going to do it. Anti-sandbagging measures. There's some confusion about this. There was something included deep, deep in the code in the March update, but this is far, far, far from the finished product. And uh, I've got a query in with the game team at HQ, and I hope to have something definitive in next week's episode. In the meantime... Okay, challenge news. Uh, boys, we have failed our listeners. We must hang our heads in deep shame and we must adjourn to the naughty corner. Uh, it's all gone quiet over there. <laughs> uh, my miracle first, I have not ridden up the Alp on a mountain bike like I said I would. Uh, here's my excuses. There's several of them. Uh, to be honest, I've been enjoying riding the Tour of Utopia so much that that event has pretty much dominated my Zwifting in recent days, actually. I've also been really, really enjoying the group social rides, again, for the obvious reasons of fun and community in these difficult times. I've had one kind of must-do workout per week from my coach on top of this, and all of that, to be quite honest with you, leaves my energy bank uh, in a state pretty close to overdrawn. Plus, you know, weekly Zwiftcasts, they don't make themselves, you know. Uh, it's a pretty strong excuse lineup, eh, fellas? Um, so the Shane versus Nathan mountain bike race on the steering course challenge thingy, that's not happened either. So let's have your bomb-proof, watertight excuses. Mine were pretty good. Nathan, oh, go. You think yours were good? I was laid up on the couch wondering if I was going to live, okay, Simon? No. <laughs> I still am like... I've been I, I haven't been I haven't been riding at all actually since we spoke and I'm really sad about it like I was going so well and it's not like I'm not going to still be going well after the rest obviously I needed the rest the last time I raced I think it was like last Tuesday or Wednesday and afterwards I couldn't even pedal and I was like maybe I went too far and I might have gotten a little bit into overtraining rather than and caught like just a regular cold, but it freaked me out. It honestly freaked me out because it was in my throat. It was in my lungs, you know, but I was, I didn't have a fever and I had a really runny nose, which is not, those two symptoms tend not to be COVID. So I was like, okay, well, I'm probably fine, but I've been just yeah. laid out trying to rest and then just making sure ZCL keeps running. So I think that excuse is okay, mm. right? <laughs> okay. Acceptable. Yeah, it just creeps in. Just creeps in. Just creeps in. Uh, Shane, you're no, no doubt going to give me some nonsense about making 20 million videos or something. Yeah, yeah, I've been busy, but I'm just going to throw shade at you guys for fun. So, Simon, you've been farming XP points by doing the Tour of Utopia. Did you, oh, you were on level 15, was it last week, Simon? Level 16 or something? I, you're, Come you're on. Almost due to, Come you're almost due to unlock those socks. Yeah, you'll get them next week. Keep going, mate. You're doing well. And, and Nathan's laid up with the coronavirus. Come on, man. You can still pedal a bike. It only affects your lungs and everything else. Uh, All right. This empty... This empty... MTV challenge, whole nother level now. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, you know, I think that's the kind of levels of compassion we associate with the Australian character. Um, <laughs> shut up and get on with it. Okay, well, uh, and we are going to get on with it. I mean, I don't know when now, actually, but this is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Okay, uh, well, we saw some news that could be a uh, very significant break this week. The Tour de Suisse is going to ro be run uh, virtually on Rue 
uh, in partnership with Velon, the group that unites a number of the biggest World Tour teams. Um, this just a marker, actually, to say we're going to discuss this on next week's episode. Um, I think this might have quite the impact on Zwift's eSport ambitions. But um, before we go off on a riff on that, based on no knowledge or no, no information, I'm going to try to get to talk to someone from the eSports side of Zwift uh, and even see if they'll come on the Zwiftcast and, and talk about this and other things. So let's hold that one till next week. Okay, well, Nathan, you were super excited last episode because Jeremiah Bishop, the fabled mountain biker, was on your stream. Uh, let's just hear a little bit of that. Well, you're young <laughs> enough that you were inspired by him to get into mountain bike racing, seeing another attack going up the road. So, it's actually uh, Bishop. It's Bishop. It is our man right on cue, Jeremiah Bishop, going to string this one out. Okay, so just a quick uh, race resume for you as we get an in-screen shot of Jeremiah. Jeremiah's been top 10 at the World Championships in the cross-country and back in what was a very high level of competition back in the mid-2000s. So uh, his credentials, he's a Pan-American gold medal winner in his career as well, Nathan. Uh, so, Nathan, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome having him on. and get, I, I liked his style. You know, it's what I remember in racing uh with him and watching him race and he just gives it like i remember being at mount morris pro xct here and the guy just went off the front right from the get-go didn't care rode a, a, a regular mountain bike style and and what if he was finishing first he was finishing first otherwise he was blowing up and that's kind of what he did in our race too which was awesome to see and it was cool to have his kid in the background showing up in costumes what an awesome family experience his kids back there in like a stormtrooper suit dancing while dad's there hammering away <laughs> on stream all the people are said people are like that was the best Zwift streaming moment ever with that kid that just great family humor it was a full-on dirt moment dad's inside riders trainers with the pro athlete what how much with dave Tolan the background well how much better of a stream could you get so if you haven't seen it it was a stream ton of fun. it was it was great it was a ton of fun and i mean i guess your numbers your numbers are still through the roof are they they're doing great yeah i think we had like a 20 to 25k view stream and then i don't know like all of them are pushing 10 uh to 15 right now which is uh for this time of year is like probably triple to quadruple what we would usually see so yeah that's uh going really well and now it's like we're going from three to four streams now we're i i think within the next month to month and a half i'll have 12 streams a week so yeah we're it's really the content is really starting to pump out which is a ton of fun and some of it is like test lab stuff where it's hearkening back to pushing the platform a little bit in spaces that the community is asking for like tonight we did a meetup thing with uh Midwala and uh vivid cycling with in partnership with volet uh, apparel and they're all on board with it we had a bunch of pro teams jump in as well next week we're gonna pace mccalvin on the national champion mountain biker too who's jumping in on this test labs type stuff with this with these guys so it's it's it, it, there's just everybody's loving it and with more people to do more stuff we're going to come up with so much more content and seeing what we can uh do with the platform like the fence so awesome you are building an empire there my <laughs> mate in wisconsin you are building an empire uh shane more stringent lockdown measures measures introduced i think in australia over the past few days uh, it's just got t even tighter here if it was possible in spain as well but i guess you like me are just keeping on keeping on 
Yeah, extremely busy times here. I think I've done a video uh, every single day for the last two weeks, I think it is. Uh, March has been crazy busy, but it's all about what I do. I'm just trying to help people out, have the same experience that I do, get excited about it, like you know, like all of us do here on the Zwiftcast and all the listeners. Um, you know, There's a virtual world we can ride and escape in just for a little bit, maybe for an hour, maybe two hours, or if you're crazy, Nathan puts it in erg mode for three hours or four hours or five, whatever that was. But if you're that excited, um, yeah, I want to get people on board and just help helped out that's just what mm. i do it's, it's going really well what you're talking about spain there very interesting uh, my traffic is up from spain it really is um yeah, yeah, yeah. people yeah. can't ride outdoors so yeah. to be able to have that service um so doing little tiny things like getting my videos transcribed properly into english pro- proper i'm australian forgive me for that um so they can um then translate them better there we go this yeah. is english um all the little things like that, just making sure my older content is just there and polished and being able to find um, with, with decent search terms and things like that. But it is going crazy. So it's good. It's it's good in that respect, but for the wrong reasons. So oh, and we've yeah. got little Max in here. You can probably hear him screaming in the background too. He's, He's been ready. awesome this week. He'll be ready for his breakfast or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you may, as the go-to guy, uh, be getting some comments perhaps later on today as people wake up, uh, certainly in this hemisphere, and say... What's happened to my Zwift? Uh, April 1st. Now, I was going to put a tweet out saying, can we cancel April 1st this year? Because whilst we want to laugh, there's just so much crap in the media that, you know, do we? is it really time to have a joke or have a laugh? There, absolutely, there is. Um, Zwift's implementation of the April 1st have been pretty cool in the past. We've had Fire Wheels last year. We had Paperboy the year before. We had Trikes, I think, the year before. That's been a bit of fun. This time, though, they've messed with the core game experience. Now, you kind of don't do that. And in their own words, we don't want to touch the core game experience during peak season. Well, they've done exactly that. They've gone back to the 80s, but not only for the kit that we wear, they've locked our kit in, they've locked the bikes in, they've locked the socks in, we're in tube socks today. And they've locked the screen into this VHS fuzzy kind of degraded mode that and I as soon as I saw this I've gone oh no oh no oh no I know what's going to happen so I've made a video super quick I put it out on the YouTube and blasted it everywhere just to remind people that it is April 1st and if they're logging in and their screen is looking fuzzy and looking weird don't reinstall don't raise a support ticket support is going to be under load at the moment I'm quite sure that the support staff at Zwift are going oh god because at the moment they'd be under massive load now today they're going to be under even more as people think it's their machines that are screwing up um two sides of this sorry as Max screams for his dinner um if you're a gamer and you like the gaming side of Zwift awesome fun bit of fun that's great if you're using this as a serious training platform which a lot of people do it is really annoying it has polarized people um bold move Bold move for the April 1st. I, I think it's a bit of fun, but I've just spent a lot of money on a brand new gaming machine and in 4K, it looks like dirt. Mm. <sighs> I'll wake up tomorrow, it'll be fixed. Yeah, well, short-lived. I, I must say, I, th- I think it's just a, a, a fraction ill-judged. Um, Nathan, your 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 take? Um, I logged into New York and I, I liked the New York look uh, as it was... Um, kind of pixelated a little bit you know it had these like pixel bikes so i don't know if that was a different experience in new york specifically and then i went over to a meetup on watopia and i disliked really disliked the old zwift the 1988 like it, if it would have been fine if it was kind of a little bit more chill but it kind of felt like i was back in workout mode on a feature i could turn off because it pissed you off mm. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. like that's just a little bit too much like you can't really see what's going on it was just a little bit too 
disorienting in my opinion. So that's all. But I mean, it's over in one day. I'm, I'm not like too bothered by it. Um, I just yeah. I just get my workout in. But uh, the other thing, I just got an update like just now, like and I had already been on Zwift earlier today. So I don't know what just went down that I had no idea was coming. I've just yeah. installed it myself here. It was only the Zwift executable. So it'd be a very, very small bug fix just to bump the number for something quite possibly for the auto flagging of, was it Thomas again? Who oh, got flagged yeah, or yeah, Lawrence yeah, again? Yeah. That might be yeah. surprised. Yeah. That's a high priority, yeah. I would think. Those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, they will be over in one day. I, I, I must admit, I'm not sure that the Zwift um, support team are going to to thank uh, whoever's idea this this April Fool was actually, because it, I I just think it probably will <coughs> actually confuse people, particularly new Zwifters. Okay. Well, uh, Spiver down a note to end on isn't it but um never mind we we say what we think here on the swift cast that's uh, hopefully why people listen to us um and there we go boys another one has literally flown by shane you're dashing off to lead a gp llama group ride I'm milking more XP points on the tour of uh, Watopia Makeup Ride. <laughs> Did I give you shade about that? I apologize. Um, I'm doing the same myself. Yes, I'll be kidding up for just a few moments. Um, we're on webcam here, so I haven't uh, taken my pants off and put my nicks on just yet. <laughs> Please, <brother. laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, uh, well, we'll talk some Simon more. Simon doesn't know how to respond to that one. <laughs> no, I don't. No, 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 I don't. No, no. Pants talk always makes me nervous. Uh, <laughs> okay. That is it for this episode. Uh, we look forward to talking to you and with you uh, both next week. Thanks, fellas. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers, boys. Let's do it again. Usual reminder time, the Zwiftcast is supported by Zwift, but we decide what goes into the podcast, not Zwift. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>